Bibles, turn to James chapter 1 this morning. You say, you're going to break your series for Father's Day? I don't need to. It's amazing to me that when you're preaching through the Bible verse by verse, God knows exactly what's up. He knows what we're emphasizing. <clears throat> and uh, right in the scripture, we have an emphasis on the Father. Not fathers, but the Father. And so I'm going to emphasize exactly what the scriptures emphasize. And at the same time, challenge you fathers. I want to entitle this message, Brother Cody, he always asked me my titles when I said that, is the Father, Fathers, the Light of the Home. Fathers, the Light of the Home. Let's stay in all the Word of God and I'll get right to the preaching. Most of you are preoccupied for ham, roast beef, barbecue, some of you on a budget, hot dogs, whatever it is, uh, amen, but don't get preoccupied men on your stomachs, think about your heart for a second. I want to say this right off the bat, that you're needed. Fathers are needed, and I'll prove it uh, biblically and statistically, and uh, folks, I believe most important of all, we're, we're, we need fathers that know the Father, and we need fathers that know how great the Father is, and as you do that, you'll be the Father, everything will take care of itself, so amen. But look at this, verse 12, I'm going to back up just a little bit, it says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any, any man. James chapter 1, I hope I told you we was going there. Verse 14, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away, of his own lust and enticed. Preached on the anatomy of sin last Sunday night. Then, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. Do not err. Here's my sermon. My beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights. How about that? Right in the text. With whom is no verminous, neither shadow of turning. Verse 18. Of his own will, he begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good service. Thank you we're not rushed to get out of here, God. We didn't come to leave. We come to bless your holy name. As Brother Randy has already pointed out, thank you for the good singing. God, so many of the choir was out, but the choir did such a good job. Lord, I thank you for them. And I pray, dear God, that you'd use this message. It's burning in my heart. Lord, I want to encourage the fathers. I want to encourage those that are maybe discouraged because their father has um, went on to heaven and they miss him so much. But dear God, help us to realize that we have a heavenly father and that we are to be fathers to the fatherless and we are to be leaders to everyone that... God, entrust us to be leaders too. And God, these principles can apply to all of us. So Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, help us uh, to bring the Holy Spirit back home and let the fathers be the father of light for that home. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice our text. The Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights started studying that phrase, the Father of lights. And then there's another great phrase in this uh, text, too, that I'm going to cover tonight. 
But it says, With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, of his own will begot he with us the word of truth, that we should be the kind of first fruits. There's a key of his creatures. You know, our society kind of is reflected in our media. <clears throat> God help us. TV shows show the value of our society. When I was growing up, this is going to date me good, black and white TV. Yeah, we had a black and white TV. It took a long time for my mother to break down and get air conditions and a colored TV. But we did. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Uh, especially for the air conditioning. I could live without the colored TV, but the air conditioning was about to kill me. Not having it. But in the, in the salty 60s, there was the, uh, uh, the biggest problem uh, on the, my favorite program known as Father Knows Best. Remember that one? Amen. Brother Howard and I remember that one. Praise God. Amen. It was on that round TV for him. But anyway, uh, you know, little. And uh, uh, his daughter's nickname was Kitten. And the biggest dilemma that I remember on that Father's No Best was whether Kitten should, should get a paper route or not. Now today, if Father's Knows Best was um, uh, Aaron probably the plot would be something like this. Uh, should Kitten sleep with Tommy on the, first, on the first date or wait till she feels in love? Or maybe worse than that, uh, it might be should Kitten date Tommy or Tina? Now, I'm not making a joke here. I'm telling you, that's where we're at. And I want to tell you something, if you don't believe that, open your little eyes and get your head out of the sand. We live in a rough day and a tough day, especially for young people making decisions. Today's society is shaped by a moral and spiritual corrupt society. The schools and the media aggressively teach this, no absolutes. In, a, in the world of sexual liberality, Planned Parenthood pushing abortion, that's why I'll never give to the United Way. Never. Never. You can, you can beg me all day long. I wouldn't give a red cent to it. Hey, what, what's got you fired up? The devil. Amen. Praise God. I'll preach against him. Uh, riots in the street over uh, Supreme Court justice that believes in uh, God-defined marriage. That's where we live today. That's what uh, people are marching the streets because somebody believes that abortion is not right. That life begins at conception. And we have riots. And people shot as of this week. Folks, we live in a sexual liberated society. We live in a bankrupt moral society. We live in a me society. Our children are growing up saying, me, myself, and I, and I'm going to put myself first and whatever feels good, I'll do it. That's why I like what Brother Randy said about if you're looking for a feeling. You know, don't look for a feeling. Matter of fact, you can be in the greatest service you've ever been into if you'll prepare your heart. Amen? It's all a matter of faith. But we're in a, we live in an addicted society. Folks, there's more addicts today and more things going on. If you don't believe it, uh, follow the policemen around. And this, there's more meth addicts in Whitfield County than you can count. Blowing up their families and blowing up their homes trying to make the stuff. Pornography is a multi-billion dollar business. I said million, billion dollar business. And what's this mean to your child? Without strong spiritual and emotional roots, your child is going to be swayed 
downward into the cesspool of sin. Folks, the only hope is that there will be a daddy that will say, we're going to church on Sunday, that the day is the Lord's day, we're going to read our Bible, we're going to pray, and we're going to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, and we're not just going to go to church on Sunday, we're going to worship God on Monday through Saturday. That's the only hope we got. I'm telling you, it's the only hope we got. The fatherless factor, let me just give you these. 60%, 63% of youth that commit suicide are from fatherless homes. 63%. I didn't say motherless, I said fatherless. That's the United States Department of Health and Census. Five times the average. If daddy's not in the home, they're five times more likely to kill themselves. That's sad. That's sad. 9% of all homeless and runaway children, 90% are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders comes from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. 80% of rapists with anger problems comes from fatherless homes. That's 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. That's nine times the average. Children with fathers are, are, who are involved are, are 40% less likely to repeat a grade in, in school. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. It's because daddy stays up all night studying with them. No, that's mama. That's mama. Uh, children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. And 75% of all adolescent Parents in, the, in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Ten times the average. I could read on and on and on. Let me just say this. The bottom line is, Daddy, you're needed. According to these statistics, you're needed. You are wanted. You make a difference in your kid's life. You might not think you do, but you do. Matter of fact, I can give you some biblical evidence of that. 852 times the word father is mentioned in the Bible. 514 times fathers are mentioned in the Bible. And 137 times fathers possessive is mentioned in the Bible. Fatherless is mentioned 43 times. So over 1,500 times in the Word of God, fathers are referred to. Folks, God even allows us to call Him our Father. He lifts up the position of father. So I want to ask you young men and young ladies, do you appreciate your father? Do you love your father? Don't, don't, don't wait till he's gone to give him the accolades and hug his neck and, and uh, tell him you appreciate him and love him. You ought to do it now. You ought to do it now. But I want to tell you something, fathers, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to be a good father? Of course you do. You wouldn't be here this morning. Well, I'm going to tell you what the Bible tells us about being a good father. It's the father of lights. That is a reference to the son. That's a reference to God who is over the son, that every good and perfect gift cometh from the father of lights, the one that created it all. So don't think God makes junk. God made you, and God's got a plan for you, and God wants you to be all that God's ordained you to be. And so, friend, whether you have a father or not, whether you have a deadbeat dead or not, I'm telling you, God the Father expects a lot out of you. He wants you to be the first fruits. He wants you to be a sheave offering. I'll get into that tonight. 
but He wants you to be a reflector of God's, the Father's love. What a privilege to be in the family of God. Can somebody nod and come back up on that one say amen? And at least smile at me. I'm trying to find the saddest looking guy in here. Praise God we're in the family of God. And praise God we have a Father. And folks, listen, some of you have been shafted, some of you have been betrayed, some of you have been left, some of you deadbeat daddies never come around, never talk to you. Don't compare that to God. God is faithful. God is loving. God is kind. And God is giving. And he, every good and perfect gift coming from the Father above. You can have a relationship with God the Father because you're his child. If you're not, get slave like Wanda did Tuesday, praise God. Amen. It's wonderful. I recommend it highly. Woo! I wish my wife wasn't in the nursery. She'd just sit by her back there. Amen. But I'm going to give you just a few things. Verses 12 through 18. I'm going to give it to you quick and lay it on the line because the roast beef is cooking in the crock pot at this time. <laughs> but I would never dismiss early for food. Never. Never. Consciously. Number one. <laughs> Number one, the Father's crown. Look at it in verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is... Tried, he shall receive a crown of life that the Father has promised to them that love him. I want to tell you something, men. God wants you to be faithful, and one day you'll receive a crown. And you'll receive that crown to cast at the Father's feet. Say amen. And I want to tell you this, men, and I just want to tell you real honest. You, can, you, don't, you, don't, you can't be everything everybody else is. You can't be a brain surgeon if God's called you to be a plumber, and both of them are needed. You can't be somebody else, but I'm going to tell you what you can be. You can be faithful. And you can definitely be faithful to your family. And you can be faithful to your family by being faithful to God. And if you're not faithful to God, you're giving them second best. Say amen. And so faithfulness endures. Faithfulness does not walk out on your kids. Faithfulness does not quit. Faithfulness keeps on loving when your kids break in your heart. Say amen, you that's got prodigal children. But you keep on loving them. And you keep on giving. And you keep on the, uh, having the porch on the light. Hoping they'll come home as the prodigal son did. And run and grab him and say, let's have a party. Amen. You just keep on. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. No matter how tough it gets. The gentleman kept repeating softly, don't get excited, Albert. Don't scream, Albert. Don't yell, Albert. Keep calm, Albert. His little baby's in the stroller, in the car, in the line, checking out. He's screaming like bloody murder. He keeps on saying, don't get excited, Albert. Don't scream, Albert. Don't keep calm, Albert. A woman standing next to him said, and looked down into the crib, said, a uh, little stroller, excuse me, said, you certainly are commended, should be commended for trying to soothe your son, Albert. The man looked at the lady and said, hey, I'm Albert. <laughs> Hey, a lot of times we need to be calmed down, say amen, and we sure need encouragement because Albert's letting it rip, amen. But the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 2.19 that our joy and our crown are those that we win to the Lord. I want to say this, and the Bible refers to it in Proverbs, that our children are our crown. It's the crown of an old man, so I must have some crowns, hallelujah. It's a crown. It's a crown of glory. It's a crown of happiness. It's a crown. Folks, it's a crown. It's a reward. To see your children turn out right. No greater joy to know that your children walk in truth. 3 John verse 4. 
Third John verse 4, I was looking at that row back there and seeing all my grandchildren. This old Chase on the end looking excited, smiling, thrilled, shouting. You know, and he never does that, but Brent, he's here. And where would he be here if he wasn't here? I was thinking. And I was so glad to see you, buddy. So glad to see all my children. You know, friend, listen. God's done a lot bringing fathers into your life. Come on, can somebody say amen? He intercepted the path of destruction through daddies and mamas that would say one good word. No! Oh, I don't like that. Well, you might not like it, buddy, but lump it. It's best for you when you have a a parent that will say there is a restriction and there is a consequence for sin and you're not going to go there, buddy, as long as you're in my house. Amen. Say, well, you can't make them them live for God, but you sure can whet their appetite. Amen. And you can starve them if they don't. No, I'm not really... Faithfulness. And then in that verse, there ought to be a fervent love. Loving God with all your heart, all your soul. A double-minded man can't even pray. So fathers, don't be double-minded. Don't be two-faced. Hey, I'm straight with daddies. Y'all can take it. I'm sweet on Mother's Day, but Father's Day, it's let it rip time. Men, you need to be men. You need to realize what's important. Because your kids don't. You need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And you don't need to be double-minded and unstable in your ways. The Bible says that we can endure temptation because we love Him. You know what that means? You love God more than you love the things of the world. Loving God with all your heart. Love for mama sets a great pattern for your children. Amen? I'm glad my children had a pattern for their marriage. Because my wife sure is a good wife. And she sure is faithful. And she sure is patient. Say amen all the way from the nursery. Probably can't hear me. Folks, we are to love God. And we are to love others like the Father loves us. Husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And that goes for loving your children. You ought to lay down your life for your children. Say amen. They need you. Those statistics prove they need you. But then second of all, and I'll stop here and you'll say, well, praise God for that. But I mean, this is, this is the second point. I'm not stopping here. I'm just telling you this is the last point. Now, let me give you three. And then I'll do the next two tonight. Don't miss tonight. We need not only a father that's crowned, but we need a father that's controlled. The Bible says in verse 13, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt ye any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away with his own lust and enticed. Don't you blame God for your weaknesses. Don't you blame the devil. Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. Baloney, the lust made you do it. And the Bible says this, Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished bringeth forth death. Let me just say real quick, the battle against the tempter is won through knowing the Father. The battle against the lust is won by yielding to the Spirit. And the battle to be far-sighted, or near-sighted. What's it? You can't see things a long ways off. Near-sighted? That sounds backwards to me. Anyway, uh, it's wisdom, fathers, to see the end of sin in your children and do something about it before it takes place. You're the watchtower. The Bible compares you to a high priest of the home. And folks, listen, seeing God is fearing God. 
And the wisdom of God is fearing God. That's the beginning of wisdom. And that's reverencing God. That's loving God. That's loyal to God. But that's also seeing the end of sin and protecting your children from the onslaughts of the tempter. But I want to close with this. And this is my main point. We need to be a father that has a crown. You need to have a have you need to be a father that's controlled, but you need to be a father that's consistent. Consistent. Look at verse 17. Every good, it says, do not err, my beloved brethren. That's saying, hey, don't think God's picking on you and tempting you with sin. God gives you good things. And folks, if something bad and evil happens, He allows it for you to be better. Be like Christ. He conforms you to His image. But look at verse 17. Every good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. That's the phrase that just, just pierced my heart last night as I was reviewing this message. Changed my whole message, matter of fact. And that's really nerve-wracking. The Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, Folks, what he's saying is this, God is faithful. Faith of our fathers living still, but I'm going to change that, faith of the Father living still. Say amen. God is faithful. Can somebody say amen, especially you daddies. When your child fell asleep, wake him up with a hearty amen. If that don't work, try a bolo bouncer. No, not really. A paddle, paddle. No, don't do that. Kids hate me anyway. Powerful. Powerful. Folks, wisdom is seeing this world through God's eyes. Wisdom is loving God, but wisdom is carrying that out in a faithful, consistent manner. Knowing God intimately that you want to be with Him, Daddy. You want to read the Bible. You want your children to turn out right. And your main goal in life is to see them saved, sanctified, thrilled, filled, and satisfied with the Heavenly Father. Say amen. Bunch of boys was playing uh, in a sandbox and the preacher uh, daddy was listening in from the front porch and they were on the side of the front porch and they were playing and one little boy said, my daddy knows the mayor. That's, and then another boy threw his shovel and said, that's nothing, my daddy knows the governor. Then finally the little preacher boy threw his shovel out the sandbox and said, well I'm going to tell you all something boys, my daddy knows God. My daddy knows God. Made me smile in his heart. I want to tell you something, you can know everybody in town, you can do everything, you can accomplish everything, but I want to tell you something, friend, if you don't know God, you are doing an injustice to your children. Because they need to know God. I didn't bring those statistics to bring you down this morning. I brought those statistics to tell you we live in a dark age. We live in a post-Christian era. We live in an anti-Christ spirit era. It's never been this bad. When I started this church, I left my door unlocked at home. When I started this church, we didn't have to have cameras all over the place. You break in now, we got your picture. But anyway, um, a father needs to be consistent. Another biblical word for that is faithful. Faithful. And I want you to notice this in closing. I close because I'm trying to remind myself, y'all can't stay here to 1 o'clock. You just can't. you got obligations. But look at this. Look at this. It says, 
Wherefore, my let's go back to verse 17. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Can you say amen for that? God's blessed you. And cometh down from the Father of lights. The Father, it comes down from the Father of lights. I started re researching that. And that refers to the Father of the sun. And the Father of the moon. And the Father's created light. He said, let there be light. And folks, that reference is this. God created everything. And you're not some protoplasm that flipped over and became a tadpole and showed up at Shaw. I won't go through the whole monkey business. You're not a, a, an advanced animal. You're a creation of God. And now God's giving you some gifts. God's blessing you. And folks, the Bible tells us He's the Father of all lights. And so I started studying lights. Number one, about lights. You know, light's pure, number one. God the Father is pure. It's impossible for light to be defiled. Say amen. Somebody, one time a lady come in here and says, my word, I don't have to go to the suntan parlor. I can just come into Whitfield Baptist Church. I've got more lights than any church I've ever seen. You know why? I don't like darkness. You know why? I can't see my notes. No, not really. <laughs> lights. Light. Let there be light. I've been in some churches and it's dark. It's drab. It's, 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 it's like a dungeon. It's like a funeral. Say amen on the second row. It's like a funeral. You ever been there? But, folks, you can pass light through any medium and it will not pick up the product, properties of that medium through which it passes. That's, that's pure. You cannot stain light. Light can shine on filth and not become filthy. Light can shine on disease and not become contaminated. It's impossible to soil light. Listen to me now. Some of you are not listening. Snow gets soiled when it touches dirt. Water gets polluted when it touches dirt. But I'm going to say this. <laughs> Father of all lights. Light never gets contaminated. We have a perfect Father. His name is God. And folks, you can look for every possibility for help, assurance, comfort, encouragement, joy, and you won't find it even in fathers on this earth because He's not perfect. But I want to say this, God of the lights, He's pure. He's the true light, John 1, 9. And you know, folks, light might reveal sin. Light may, might expose it, but light can never be contaminated by sin. God became sin for us, but He never sinned. God is pure. That's why we worship Him, Brother Randy, in holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. That's why musicians, thank God for your talent, you play Christ-honoring music that's holy unto God. We don't bring the world's music in here. We don't need the world. We don't need entertainment. Even though we do use video screens and some people criticize me for that. But guess what? This is an independent Baptist church. We do what we want to do. <laughs> know what God wants to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Pure light. You ought to be pure fathers. I don't mean perfect. That means you ought to be saved, sanctified, and thrilled, filled, and satisfied. Number two, light is powerful. Light is powerful. Look at John chapter 1, verse 5, please. I know some of y'all are having a tough day, but would you really encourage me by just listening? Some of you are a real tough day. You had not even made that big meal yet, and you're already sacked out. 
But look at this, John chapter 1, verse 5. God help me if I had to preach after you ate. Look at this, it says in verse 5, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Darkness has no defense against light. Can somebody say amen? I'm going to get real deep now. When, it's, when light versus darkness, guess what? Light always wins. Amen? When you go in the room, you, you turn on the light, you do not turn on the dark. And when you turn on the light, darkness flees! Darkness always has to flee the presence of light. He's the Father of lights. Whew. Light is totally and absolutely omnipotent. There's power in light. You know, friend, no one would try to fly to the sun or land on the sun. The moon is one eight hundred thousandths as bright as the sun, and we landed on it at great risk. Tell you the truth, I don't know why we landed on it. What did we get out of it? Do we own the moon? No, God owns the moon. I don't understand why we went to the moon. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we beat the Russians. I guess that's our, our main goal in life. Beat the Russians to the moon. But when you get the darkness out of life, how where are you going to do How are you going to do it? I'm going to tell you how you get the darkness out of your life. Turn the light on. <laughs> Amen. It's just that simple. Turn the light on. Let him be who he is through you. And folks, I want to tell you something. Light is powerful. When light turns on, darkness flees. And folks, when the light came into this world, men comprehended it not. But the devil trembled because he knew his doom was at Calvary. When the light refused to shine. There was darkness over the earth. But praise God, I bet it was a bright morning when the tomb was empty. And the Lord, Father of lights came out that tomb. Number three, light is persistent. Sun never sets. Yeah, it does. No, I mean around the world, goofball. Light never sets. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. That's what this verse is referring to. It's always high noon with God. You know, the reason Einstein could construct the theory that I understand totally called the theory of relativity uh, the reason he could do that theory about the mass, I think it's, um, I learned it and I forgot it, uh, E equals MC squared to the fifth sector. In, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't have a clue what it means. But I do I know this. I know that Einstein brought that theory into existence about mass and traveling because light travels at 186,000 miles per second. Seven times around the world it goes in one second. And it never varies. And folks, what he's saying here is, he's the Father of all lights, and he changes not. And friend, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Just as predictable as light travels 186,000 miles per second, folks, God never changes. God is consistent. God is faithful. God will not be fickle like we are. Thank God, folks, we have light that is persistent. And daddies, you ought to be persistent. You ought to never sit down uh, with the devil and say, I'll join the crowd. You never should recant and say, I'll give up on my children. What you ought to do is keep on keeping on and being a daddy and being a father and being a protector and being a provider and being what you ought to be, the light of your home. So light is, is very persistent. It's moving. 86,000 miles a second, that light is moving. 
the light's moving to my eyeball. That's amazing. I can't comprehend it, can you? But I know it's there. Number four, real quick. Light is pleasant. Look at verse 17. Every good... Let's go back to James. I'm still in John. We'll be back there in just a minute. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. It's pleasant. You know, it's God that beautifies everything. Say amen. It's God. Take away the light and everything's colorless. Matter of fact, there's no color in that flag until light hits it. Color is, color is, color is light. Seven colors in the spectrum from infrared to ultraviolet. Put them all together and guess what you got? Pure white. Amen? I'm getting somewhere. Without light, there is no color. You can live in darkness if you want to, but I'd rather walk in the sunshine and say amen. Folks, it's pleasant. Aren't you glad you can see this morning? Aren't you glad you can get a suntan with 15 shades of uh, protection and big hats on and scared to death you're going to die of cancer, I know. But aren't you glad you can go out on a sunshiny day and enjoy outside, amen? I love it. I love the outdoors. I ought to be a camper, but I, I, the, uh, the camping to me is going to the Motel 6, amen? But, uh, friend, listen to me. Light is, 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 is powerful. Light is persistent. Light is pure. Light is pleasant. And God says He's the Father of lights. And it goes on to say, and he, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Aren't you glad we got a predictably faithful God? Amen. Aren't you glad you don't have to wonder if God loves you this morning? Hey! Listen to me, young people. Y'all went to camp this week, didn't you? Some of you. Y'all gonna go next year. Aren't you glad you got a God? Aren't you glad you got a Father that's faithful? You say, well, I don't. Well, you got a God in heaven that is. And He doesn't change. And folks, I want to tell you something. Don't blame God when you're tempted. The Bible says, don't err, my brethren. It goes on to saying, He's the Father of lights. And I want to, I want to challenge you to let your children have a pleasant future. Knowing the Father of lights. You know what I love about the Father? This morning I woke up, He's still there. <laughs> Woo! I'm not a shouter, but I'll try one, one on it. Amen. You know what I love about God? He's still on the throne. So why worry? Why fret? Why wring your hands? Why go serve those other gods out there? The father of this world, the devils of this world, the lust of this world, when there's nobody that's been as faithful to you as God. Shake your fist at God and He has a right to take every breath and every heartbeat away from your soul. But He doesn't. If we all got what we deserve, He'd kill us. Come on, I'm preaching now, wouldn't He? He'd send us on to heaven and sit in the corner at least. But He loves us, He's faithful. And great is His mercy. He changeth, changeth not. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's pure, impossible to be defiled. Powerful, darkness can never stain him. Never can stand before him. And he's persistent, he never changes, and he's pleasant. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Let me just give you one more. You got time? Fathers, you got time? This might change your family's life. It surely might change your son or daughter's future. Light is productive. Look at John 1.4, please. John 1.4. And then hold your finger in uh, John 3. We'll go there in just a second. John 4, real quick. The Bible says this. This is just my introduction. Come back for the message tonight. John 1.4. In Him was life, and the light was the light of men. In Him was life, and the life was in the light of men. There can be no life without light. That's why he compared himself and told James, I'm the father of lights. An entrance of light, and the entrance of the word giveth light. Folks, listen. When I was in the fourth grade, if I'd have listened more, I'd have remembered this. I had to look it up on Wikipedia. But I started thinking about life and light. There's a thing called photosynthesis. Photo means light. Synthesis means put together. Everything grows with light. He puts it together. I looked it up this morning. Photosynthesis is used by green plants of the energy and sunlight to carry chemical reactions such as conversion of carbon dioxide into oxygen. Aren't y'all bored already? Okay, and listen. Photosynthesis also produces sugars that feed the plant. Green plants depend on chlorophyll to carry out photosynthesis. Photo means light. Senses means put together. Let me just say this. God's productive. He puts you together. He keeps you together. And praise God, you wouldn't eat collard greens today if it wasn't for God and His Son and His light. Folks, listen. 1 John 5, 12, summing it up. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. John 1, 18. Of His own He begot us with the, with the light, His truth. His truth. Folks, he, no man's seen God at any time. But folks, He declares His truth through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Here's the question I want to ask you in closing. Are you afraid of the light? Some people are. I'll tell you, some people hate the light. Some people despise the light. John 8, 12 says, I'm the light of the world. Jesus. But look at John 3, 18. I'm going to tell you why some people hate the light. John 3, 18. Here it is. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And listen to this. Verse 19. Y'all with me? 319. Don't leave. Don't pack up. Please, stay here. Look at verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Lest his deeds should be reproved because his deeds were evil. Look at verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know why people don't come to church when they have sin in their life? Because it's conviction and they don't want to be around it. They'd rather stay in the dark. Come on now, and you ought to grip, get a grip on life and say, my goodness, I'm getting used to the dark. 
I'm getting used to skipping church. I'm getting used not to reading my Bible. I'm getting used to no light in my life. Folks, you ought to get a grip on your life and realize you either need to get saved or get right with God. What do you have to lose? I want to tell you something. Let me just ask you a question. What does it take for you to be lost? I'll tell you what it takes for you to be lost. Not saved. Not going to heaven. Nothing. Because you're already lost. It's not a moral problem. It's not a head problem. It's a heart problem. You love darkness rather than light. It's a miracle God's in church tonight, this morning. The Bible says in verse 21, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and they are wrought in God. Oh, folks, listen, have you ever thought about it? What things love darkness? Toads, spiders, owls, snakes. They love darkness. The devil loves darkness. Tries to get you in the darkness of sin like God can't see you in the back seat. God help you. God can't see you out, out on, the, on, the, on, the, on the road in a motel when you're out of town, man. God sees you and you ought to fear Him. You ought to know Him. You ought to love Him. Folks, I want to tell you something. Sun comes out, birds start singing. Clean animals start rejoicing. Folks, we love light. There are certain people by their very nature, they love darkness. They call light darkness and darkness light. Isaiah 5.20 Folks, hell is a place of outer darkness. Jude chapter 1, only chapter, verse 13. Let me just close with saying this. James inspired by the Spirit of God, called the Father, the Father of lights. And I believe the reason was that he wanted to remind those people that every good and perfect gift cometh from the pure light, the powerful light, the persistent light, the pleasant light. It's good, it's perfect. And the productive light. He'll change your life. King Louis XIV. Y'all remember him? King Louis XIV. He gave himself the title King Louis the Great. Now who in the world would name yourself the Great except an egomaniac? What if I come in here and say, uh, Pastor of Whitfield Baptist Church, Wayne Cofield the Great. (laughs) Y'all be looking for another church real quick. (laughs) Egotistic. But he said, I'm the Great. And someone asked him about the state of the government. He said, I am the state. He made his funeral plans and then he finally died. And he displayed himself in a gold coffin in a magnificent, listen to me children, magnificent cathedral. And he gave this command. Don't let there be but one light, one candle above the coffin so it'll glimmer on my presence and glimmer on my gold coffin. Well, this guy must have been an independent Baptist. Bishop Maslin was going to do his funeral. He came forth to do the funeral and he looked up that massive cathedral, all those people, and they were all in darkness. And here's this candle glowing upon King Louis XIV, the Great. And so he went down from his sermon and he spat right on that candle and put it out. And he said, I want you to know there's nobody great like the great God of the lights. Let every candle be lit. And let every voice praise God, not man. And then he preached. He had to be 
an independent Baptist. <laughs> Folks, listen, there's nobody worthy of your honor and your praise and your loyalty and your life except the Father from above that's blessed you with every breath, every heartbeat, every toy, every day, every girlfriend, jihadist, everything in there. Everything God's blessed you with. And most indeed, Daddy, He's blessed you with eternal salvation. And He is good. Can somebody say amen to that? God's good. God's so good. Young men, young ladies, I'm not trying to get you to join the Marine boot camp. I went yesterday to Green Park and they gave me a free barbecue sandwich. I'm so grateful for the Marines. I ate two of them. No, I didn't. Took one to my wife. But friend, I'm not asking you to join some camp and be a cult member. I'm not asking you to come and give up all this fun, all this thrilling, all this light and joyful. I'm talking about you can trust the Father of all lights and He will bless you. He will help you. He will be faithful to you. He'll love you. He'll guard you. He'll guide you. He'll just be a father to the fatherless. And that's exactly what you was when God found you. You was a child of the devil, child of the world, child for yourself. And God adopted you and brought you into His family and chose you and loved you and God gave His only Son for you. I believe that ought to call us, us daddies to be faithful. And mamas and children. Let's pray. Father, I know I got carried away again. But Lord, if I can get carried away about anything, it's got to be how good you are. How gracious you are how giving You are. And Lord, through these, this verse on light, how powerful and pure and persistent and consistent You are. Thank You for being our Heavenly Father. God, may we crown You as Lord of our lives.